I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up, guys? It's your host, Jamie Messina, and we have a really good episode coming up for you today. I know y'all love my friend Jamie Filer, but you haven't met her wife yet. So today we have Jamie and Katie Filer on with us. We're going to be talking about relationships, lesbian stereotypes, how we fall into those stereotypes, and, and all of the things around that. But first, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you're feeling up for it, if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that we share, please consider leaving a five-star review. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people here. Um, in addition to that, guys, uh, coaching program is open. And uh, if you want to schedule a time to chat with me to see if my coaching might be beneficial to you. Go to callcoachjamie.com. It's callcoachjaime.com. We can schedule a time to get on a chat, talk about the program, see if it aligns with with what you're going for, and uh, see if we'd be a good match to work together. Now let's get into today's call with the Filers. All right, guys, listen. I know y'all love Jamie Filer, but we have both Filers here today. Um... Do y'all want to say hello? hello? Hello, everybody. Can you introduce yourself? They don't yes. know you very I'm well. I'm Katie Filer. Yeah. The other half. The, the better filers. half of the Filers. <laughs> the, the better half of the Filers. I don't know about that. You're all... She's you're certainly both. the more attractive half of the Filers. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. No, she's okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring you guys on today. They, they, My following loves Jamie. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, oh absolutely love Jamie. And I know they've heard a little bit about you, but um, I thought it would be nice to kind of get to know you because I, I really enjoy your story and just kind of like hear what's going on with you guys. I think it could be helpful for some people. Um, so first, should we just jump into it? Should I just ask you some questions? Let's and... just ask the hard questions right off the bat. Yeah. All right. So listen, how'd y'all meet? <laughs> that is the hard question. We met on Instagram. And to make a really long story short, uh, I was dating somebody at the time. Yes. yes, that happens. Uh, and I thought Jamie was living in Florida where I was, but she was in Canada. So it posed a bit of a, a struggle there. But <laughs> I love that she sees me living in Canada as the struggle rather than her having the girlfriend. Let's talk about the struggle. We're going to go, listen. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Jamie and I, you know what we do online. Yeah. Um, so let's just go deep right, right off the bat. So you had a girlfriend. I did. I had a girlfriend of three years. Um, and looking back, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. so I can see every little part of the relationship that was a huge red flag that wasn't working. But when you're in it, I get it. I understand that when you're in something and you're comfortable and you're safe and it's, it's your habit, it's your routine, you kind of are stuck there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was definitely unhappy. We were both unhappy. It was not a healthy relationship. So when I found Jamie online and I realized what conversations and what attraction and 
and what ultimately turned into love really felt like. It was it was eye opening, at the least. It was it was amazing. Um, but we met in person in real life. My girlfriend was there. Uh, <laughs> we didn't know at the time what it was turning into. Mm. Like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, but we knew, we now know looking back, it was the day we met. It, it was done. It was all over. Yeah. Did your girlfriend at the time sense anything when y'all met? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, not only did she sense something between us, but she decided to develop feelings for Jamie as well. Oh my God. What? I didn't yeah. know this part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> wait, how, wait, wait, how? Okay. Explain that. Um, we had a weekend all three together and at the end of the weekend when Jamie left to go back to Canada, she said to me, my girlfriend at the time said, she's gone now. It's not going to be a problem, but I just have to tell you that I, I think I have feelings for Jamie. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. Which was so interesting. Um, because I didn't feel, well, first of all, I felt so much animosity because she was similar to us, right? She was the more masculine Mm -hmm. presenting and, and so she, I remember the first time all three of us met, she came in with like this alpha mm. peacock feather, would make sure to put her hand on Katie's <laughs> shoulder, on her leg all the time. She would like lean in, like, come at me, bro. And I'm like, I don't want your girl. I don't want any part of this. So I actually thought she saw me as the threat. Yeah. And so I, I backed off and I said, I don't want you coming at me. I don't know you. I don't need you to make my life miserable. Uh-huh. So the last thing I thought was that she would ever develop an attraction. Can we unpack that for a minute? Yeah, let's because do it. that kind of goes along with a lot of what we've been talking about. Like, obviously, like masks. When you see another one, you do often get that vibe. Like mm. they're immediately like wall up, gotta yeah. be the alpha. Sure. And so the fact that she maybe wasn't actually thinking that. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> do you think that that's just the way we present for a reason, and not we? Because I don't think I necessarily do that, but um. Or you even. Yeah. Um, But, or, I don't know. Like, what was that? I think there's a perception, because you just mentioned you don't think Jamie Filer presents that way. But we have been told by other women that they felt that way when Jamie's walked into a room. Oh. Yeah. Um, Especially in a gym setting. So, despite the fact that you are a not-alpha, like aggressive people still sometimes feel that presence around yeah you. or just my face indicates that you can because you can't always tell what I'm thinking you'll assume that it's that I'm coming at you um, and I think it has a lot to do with my appearance um, but yeah I think it's I think it's a general vibe I think to an extent with with the X it was also uh, perhaps had not felt this kind of energy so she, so she was like Wow, I don't know whether I want to be it yes. or sleep with it. That happens to me with men, right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Like the Chan- the Channing Tatum effect, yeah, I call it, right? Like, like I think I want to sleep with him, but it might be that I just want to be him. Yeah. I don't know. So that could have been it. So it turns out it was the sleeping with me part. Mm. So yeah. I wonder how much of when we think that other mass lesbians are kind of bringing the alpha to us, yeah, is our perception of maybe just past experiences or own insecurities mm-hmm. or whatever that are perpetuating that cycle and how much of it is actually just there is some toxic masculinity that yeah. people are covering up how they're feeling within by presenting in that way because I totally. know there's definitely been times where I've looked over and somebody's staring at me and I'm like do I fucking know you yeah yeah but I mean you and I literally just recorded a reel where we have the mask presenting feminine energy and the mask presenting masculine energy 
in some other world, you and I might be compatible despite right. the fact that we both have short hair and right. are mask presenting. Like just because I identify as a mask, like a masculine lesbian, doesn't mean I had to seek a femme. I just happen to fall in love right. with one. So I think we don't have to automatically butt heads and be like, oh, because she isn't tall with long blonde hair, I can't be attracted to her. Open up your mind. Yeah, that's actually just my brain's going because I think that is a lot of the conversation that's been happening a lot lately. Late, lately. Lady. Lady. <laughs> where, um, let's just call you lady now. Yeah. Where people uh, don't want these stereotypes or labels. Yeah. But they're assuming that because a label, maybe it's not the label per se because we are masculine presenting. Sure. But what we associate with the label. Yeah. Like just because you're masculine presenting physically doesn't mean that you have masculine energy and yep. maybe a label is fine but how about we get rid of the associations with the labels which i think we're actually what we present is the opposite of what we are in yeah. real life you've spent enough time with us to know that katie wears the pants yeah. katie makes the decisions i go along with them like <laughs> yeah. i'm 100 percent the beta fish in this relationship I was, I was going to say let's let's bring a little bit of that femme energy in from my side because my ex and i are both femmes presenting Long hair, girly clothes, makeup. However, I was the alpha in the relationship, despite that moment of alpha on yeah. her side. But we were both femmes, and I was definitely the alpha, the kind of more masculine energy. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. So I do think we have to just, we have to let it go, right? I'm not saying, you know, this isn't a conversation about pansexuality, but it is about just listen to someone. Yeah. and hear where they're coming from, listen to their heart, pick up their energy rather than judging them based on how short their hair is mm. or whether they're wearing jeans or a skirt. Opens right. up the really bigger discussion of we need to learn to step back rather than and, and listen, like you said, rather than automatically trying to fit somebody in your perfect little box mm -hmm. with all of your labels. Yes, and labels are fine, but because whatever, but right. also what Be are flexible. we attaching to those labels? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I'm ready to shift onto, all right, you had a girlfriend. Yeah. Just because like these are topics that come up in, I don't know, in our lesbianism. world, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people tend to have this, I don't even wanna say messy because life is messy, but let's talk about that. You were with somebody for three years and there were, obviously if you, you, you liked Jamie before you even initially met up, right? I had feelings for Jamie before we even met in real life because we were speaking to each other daily, Not texting yeah. daily. Yeah. Oof. When you had a girlfriend. I, I yeah. And yes. so, what was going on in your head during that time? I knew. I knew that there was something that was not being fulfilled in my current relationship that I was seeking, and I and I looking back on it, I know now that it was emotional connection um my ex and i were best friends and we had so much fun together and we had the same likes the same interests the same hobbies and we we were fun but at home in the our apartment with the door closed we didn't there was there was nothing there was no substance there was no talking there was mm. no depth um we were just coexisting at that point why do you think and I know it happens often, I've been in the same situation, where you know something's not good. Like, and your body can even tell you, like, in ways where you're like, I feel this way, but, like, and we, our heart and our brain are telling us two different things. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people stay in things like that for so long? Safety, comfort, um, 
I don't think that enough people recognize it either. You say, you know, we, we may feel it. We were self-medicating at that point mm. in my life. There was a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, yes. a lot of brushing things under the rug. So I didn't even recognize it at the time because I wasn't allowing myself to feel right. those things. It's, yeah. I think insecurity is another one. I have a client, late in life lesbian, and she said, I haven't dated anyone in 16 years since my husband. What if I suck at dating? Right. She, she would have every excuse in the world to stay with her husband, despite, let alone, like, okay, granted, Katie was already with women, and she just, but I think a lot of people stay where they are because they're like, but what if this is as good as it's going to get for me? Right. right. I, I love the thought of self-medicating. I think... Obviously, so Jamie to, Jamie sober, and mm. I'm there now too. And so last night I was having a thought. I was out at a concert, and I was really taking everything in. And I'm like, wow, I am really excited to be in a place where I have so much clarity that I can align my choices and feelings and really acknowledge and be aware of them from this sober perspective that's not um, pushed aside from just self-medicating. and mm-hmm. con- like It is such a different experience. Mm-hmm. And I've been in situations with people that I like, loved and I'm doing the quote marks because it's it's like okay well this was like a habit or that it was toxic but I continue to show up because well we just get drunk and keep moving right right so and everything is great when you're drunk or high like there are couples that we'll see out and we're like I wonder what they're like sober like we've never been to a dinner party where they have been so we've never been to a dinner party at all let alone when they've been sober like Let's just go for a walk by the St. Pete Pier, sober. Like, what are these people before 11 p.m.? Wow. And even, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's... And sometimes even before 11. That's what like, I mean. It's more yeah. like four, six. Like, like, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Alcohol plays such a, a big part, I think, in our community as well. And that is something that I've kind of... it Where we talk about toxicity and stuff mm-hmm. within the community, like... That plays a huge part in it. Yeah. We numb our feelings with it or, you know, in the case of drugs, we maybe heighten only the good feelings with it. Um, But I think, you know, I I told you like today, um, she had a drinking problem when we met and that is a red... She isn't me. Yeah. My (laughs) wife had a drinking problem. Um, And yeah, so for most people that should be a red flag, right? If she's whatever the drinking version of waking and baking is... Mm -hmm. It's something you don't necessarily have to stay away from right away, but you have to get perspective and say, is this person willing to change? Is she drinking because she's unhappy or is she drinking because she's an alcoholic? Like, where do I stand on her red flag? I had a lot of them. Yeah. Girlfriend being one of them. Oh yeah. That too, right? Like the fact that she had a girlfriend also could have been a red flag. Yeah, so Jamie and I, when you were over, um, we were talking about red flags and because we were talking about video content that we could make and just discussing red flags and like ignoring them or mm-hmm. recognizing them. And, and like, so I said to her, but thank God you didn't just write you off for those red flags. So let's talk about that. There are red flags. Listen, everybody has fucking red flags. I know sure. I do. Sure. Like, trust, like it yeah. is. But what makes the difference between a red flag that is a waving red flag that isn't going <laughs> to change yeah. and one that has the opportunity to turn yellow and then green? Oh, great question. I think right off the bat, you have to see how it's affecting you, right? If she is doing damage to herself, it's a red flag, but I am not necessarily affected, 
Mm-hmm. So I have, I can protect my energy that way. I think that's a, I think, I think we need to pause for a moment because that's huge when, because I th- feel like too many people jump in and want to save you with your red flags, but it pulls from them. Yeah. And that you, like you said, you need to protect your energy because if you give everything you have to this person, that there's no reciprocal and then you're, you're both going to lose. So you need to be aware of, can you help this person without completely losing yourself? Yeah. I like that. And that's huge. Yeah. Um, when we look at something like, uh, let's say where it came from. Okay. Uh, so we know that there are, I believe genes for alcoholism or drug addiction, Mm -hmm. right? So can they overcome, uh, what past trauma or past PTSD have they, has occurred to them and how are they working through it? Like, let's say for example, a red flag could be a significant other that will never show you their phone right? But what if once upon a time, a harmless text was misconstrued by an abusive ex and it was totally taken out of context. And now they're petrified that you, that the same thing might happen. And they're going to once again, get abused, you know, verbally or physically, right? I have to see, I have to take perspective from that red flag and say, wait, she was hurt by someone who didn't ask her about the text before they read it or the journal before it was read and say, one second, Let's talk about why you're hiding it from me, what that means for our relationship, and how we can meet in the middle. That just, which brings us to communication. So, Katie had a lot of red flags. Uh (laughs) Yes. But ultimately, she said, yeah, they all turned yellow and then green. Probably because you were really great at communicating. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I would say there were, I would never say I gave you an ultimatum. There was never an ultimatum, but. Jamie was so good at being patient with me and she was so good at living by demonstrating how good life could be. Granted, she's got her own demons. She's got her own stuff, but she was, she is five years older. She lived, you know, through her things before I lived through my things. Mm -hmm. So she did an incredible job at demonstrating how you could live life by with true happiness, having joy in your days, positivity, where she almost, we have this saying where, um, I struggle with depression and our, our best way to describe it is being at the bottom of a well. And we, we've been able to build this analogy together through incredible communication that there are times when I'm at the bottom of the well and I need her down there with me, Mm. or there are times I'm at the bottom of the well and I need her up top throwing me the rope. So she's found this, she figured out this balance of, do I sit in it with you or do I keep showing you that it's good up here? It's happy up here. Come join me up here out of the well. Mm. So I think the living through demonstrating helped me realize that there was a better, there was another option. Yeah. I think so many, uh, lesbians, I mean, we're as women, we're naturally empathetic, right? So when your partner is sad or depressed, a, there's a great cloud over your apartment or yes. your house, right? Yeah. And you then say, what's wrong? And it's depression. Nothing is wrong except her chemistry, right? <laughs> her biology is off. So I, you know, at the beginning, cause I didn't understand depression. I was like, I kept pushing, I kept pushing. And then her answer of nothing would frustrate me to no end. I would start slamming doors. I would walk mm. out of the house. I would be like, she can't communicate. This is never going to work. And I'm like, Nope. 
Why don't I just keep the little rainbow over my head? She can keep her little gray cloud until the depression leaves, and then she can join me under the rainbow. And, and I think we, you know, I was talking to another lesbian with anxiety yesterday, and she was just saying, you know, my significant other pushes and pushes and pushes, and then keeps getting frustrated when I don't have an answer as to why I'm anxious. Yeah. And then she gets pissed with me. And now I'm anxious and she's pissed, which only makes me more anxious. Oh, yeah, it's a vicious you have cycle. To, yeah. It is a cycle. And I, you know what? This ties back into doing what we both do for work, which mm-hmm. is in order for you to not take that personally, okay, she says nothing, mm-hmm. but you didn't spiral down and say, oh, it's actually me. Oh, or, yeah. And go down that road. You were just like, man, this is frustrating. She can't communicate, but still kind of work that out. Yep. But if there's two people that aren't necessarily practicing awareness around themselves and taking oh, everything totally. personally, they will spiral. Yep. For sure. Yep. And feel like it's their, their fault. Which them to blame. book I'm reading, actually, it's funny. So I had just got um, The Four Agreements. Oh, hell and yeah. And you had just talked about it yesterday. Oh, I my God. Been, yeah, I had three people tell me to reread it. This yep. Week, so I'm like... I love that. I, not a week goes by where I don't reference one of the agreements, yeah. for sure. So we can't take anything personally. Like... She may say nothing, and you want to think it's all about you, but guess what? 99.9% of the time has nothing to do with you. Let's also not forget, and just to swing it to mental health a little bit, the person with depression may not know what's wrong either. Yeah. I, too many times, almost every time, I know that there's something that triggered me, and now I have better awareness to what triggers me, but back then, I didn't know what triggered me, and there was nothing inherently wrong. There was nothing I could pinpoint. So I was internally struggling with that as yeah. well. So when you have a friend or a significant other or a family member who struggles with depression or anxiety, remember that they may not also Identif- identify yeah. what the problem is either. So don't allow that to frustrate yeah. you. And I love that because that really is like what we do with, with as coaches. Because same thing, like I struggle with depression and now I am way more aware of why. But at one time, I'm like, I really don't know. Exactly. I really don't know. But from what I learned, Rick, really it comes down to our thoughts. It starts with our thoughts, right? So, um, yeah, just practicing that awareness and being able to kind of, and let me ask you this, when you're in depression, in that state, Mm -hmm. like obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, you don't necessarily say, all right, let me take a step back and figure out the situation. Like you're just spiraling down the thought. Oh no. And, And it's almost, it's like this weird demon that takes over and, and you want more of it. It's almost this, and I've tried to explain that to Jamie before. Um, it's almost like you want to sit in it. It's and you don't want to leave oh, that well, dark you do. place. It's yeah. your comfort zone. Right. You're, that's all your brain knows, and it's going to repeat the pattern until you decide you're going to step up and be like, "Hey, listen, I'm not a Homer Simpson of the world. I'm going to do something about this." Like, it's, it's hard though. It's people, hard to get there. People think our brains are running the show. It's not. It's running a pattern, but we have the ability to take ourselves out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's just really, it's more work. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah. and people don't realize, well, my brain, it just, it's, there's just something wrong. They give me some medication, and there's nothing wrong with medication. But, you know what I mean? But there's, I will, I'm going to be bold and say there is something wrong with medication and just relying. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that 100%. medication yep. is a tool, and I, I've spoken with with my clients as well about this. That medication is a tool to use in order to get you, in addition to right, all the of the other things the that meditation. we talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that it's that lifting the blinds and seeing clearly, but then that you have to use and jump on that to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that you don't have to use the medication for the rest of your life. Because I was I was on meds for a long time. Yeah, but you know. With Jamie's help and obviously therapy and and everything like that, you're able. There is a there is a life that you don't have to be on meds. Yeah, 
I mean, it, for me, I was on meds for a long time, and I'm like, this still isn't working. Like, I may be, like, baseline, but... So, and it wasn't until I started implementing those other things where I, like, actually felt true joy for the yeah. first time yeah. in my totally. entire fucking life. Totally. Exactly. Um, so, what brought you to, like... Well, where are we at in the story? So, okay. y'all... <laughs> so, my, my ex-girlfriend at the time has feelings for Jamie. Right. <laughs> um, I have feelings for Jamie. Pimp! We have both kissed Jamie, so there's sexual attraction as well. Wait, what? When did this happen? Yeah. The same weekend. That oh, same weekend. okay. So y'all uh, were exploring a little bit. Exploring yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so there was an emotional attachment. There was a sexual chemistry um, interest. And, and then you left. <laughs> and then I left to, to sort it out and because I, I had my own life in Florida. Um, in Canada. Canada. Oh my God. Yeah. Freudian slip. Um, yeah. And I told the girlfriend, I said, listen, if, if you have feelings for Jamie, then this isn't going to work. <laughs> that was a great way out. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I, yeah. And you know, um, we can laugh about it now. We've all, we've all spoken. The air is cleared. Um, yeah. But it, that was my out. That was my easy out. And yeah. as, as who I am today, it hurts me to say that because that was who I was back then. Who I am today would have been way more honest. But um, it was, it was the least harmful for everybody. I felt like in the situation, yeah. um, she moved out back to her home state and a week later, Jamie shows up with a one-way ticket and a suitcase. Oh my good. This yeah. is like the classic lesbian fucking, oh my God. It's like, her actually style. a story of all the things you shouldn't do, right? Like don't, the don't flirt with a girl story. when you already have a girlfriend. Yeah. Definitely don't invite their girl to stay over with you. Yeah. Maybe also don't leave your girlfriend for the girl, right? Because everyone also warned me. They're like, you realize if she cheats with you, she's going to cheat right. on you, right? Oh, yeah. That classic. Yeah. yeah. Always, once a cheater, always a cheater. I don't totally. Do you guys believe that? Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Well, we're living proof. I've yeah. cheated on every single partner that I've ever been with before Jamie. Once you meet the right one, there's no reason to anymore. Yeah. Unless you have a sex addiction, but this isn't. Well, this also, isn't, let's right? talk about, though, you're both in personal growth. Like, yeah. you're both into personal growth. I think that that can continue to be a habit until you really, like, decide that you're going to level yourself up and acknowledge and, like, act in integrity. You know yes. what I mean? So, I love that you mentioned integrity and communication. Um, we have spoken about the fact that if either of us was going to cheat, it wouldn't be cheating because we'd tell the other that this was no longer working. Right. And that was it. So, there would be no reason to sneak around. It would be like, hey, I need to sleep with other people. Or, hey... It's this this love is no longer serving me, and obviously someone's heart would get broken. But we're just so, I guess, comfortable now and honest and living with integrity. That which brings you back to awareness. Oh, t- totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just Lots being aware, of awareness, being aware of. Okay, my situation isn't working, and maybe it's not because he sucks, she sucks, they suck, but something's not working. Yeah. Let's dig into this or like explore mm-hmm. it a little more. For sure. All right, so you yeah. moved in a week later. So I moved in. I moved in ten days later. That yeah. quick. She shows up, and I said, "Amazing! I how long do I have you this time? Because last time it was only four days." I said, "How long do I have you?" And she said, "I, I didn't get a return ticket." Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> red flag. We, <laughs> <laughs> I just <Yes>. want. <laughs> we we said, you know, if if this is gonna work, we want to know now. She's in Canada. I'm in Florida. This is two different countries. Yeah. Remember, like some people forget. This is a totally different country. We do forget. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because we're attached. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so we had to make sure that if we were going to move forward with this, that we knew right off the bat if it was going to work. Right. We had to live together and be in each other's tiny little apartment space 24-7 because I don't want it to only ever be fantastic three days at a time, two weekends a month. You right. know. 
because uh, that would have been perfect, but I don't want perfect. I want real. So I wanted to see whether this was real. Great. Yeah. So you, what happened? So uh, five days later, she said, will you be my girlfriend? Yeah, it was working really well. So I said, <laughs> okay, all right, I guess I'll, I'll lock it in now. And then I think maybe that night you said, I love you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Just, mm. Once you move in, it's just a very fast um, snowball effect of all of the lesbian things. So yeah. well, I have a question. Have in your previous relationships, has, did things move that fast as well? Or was this a different Oh no. This is very different. This was super different. I think we have to remember that the distance played like 90% of of how the relationship played out was because of the distance. I had done long distance before and I wasn't about it. She had done... I So I didn't move my boyfriend in in over the course of five years. He had a drawer and a toothbrush (laughs) in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And then when I dated my girlfriend before Katie, uh, I moved to the same city she did but I had a roommate. I didn't move into her yeah. apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's again. Yeah. Yeah. I was a serial monogamist, so I jumped from relationship to relationship. But I was also in undergrad, so we didn't live together. I was in grad school, so we went kind of slowly before moving in together. But it was definitely, definitely a first for both of us. Yeah. And yeah. now here we are. Or was there yeah. some ups and downs in between? I mean, the, first the biggest year was rocky. It was, it was rocky because that was the year where I had to officially immigrate. And now you're dealing with bureaucracy and administration. Mm-hmm. I had to get a work visa to start and then couldn't work for, I proposed to her because we were at that point and then could no longer be here on a work visa, had to go to fiance visa, um, unemployed for nine months. I was finishing grad school. Yep. So I was still in grad school, still trying to get my schooling finished. So I couldn't. I mean, we could get into political logistics, but I couldn't technically sponsor her, mm-hmm. so we had to ask my mom to sponsor her. Um, neither of us were working. It was yeah, it was wild. So I think the only, and by that point, you had also like, like I won't say sobered up, like you weren't drinking at all, but like we'd officially dealt with the drinking issue. Mm-hmm. Drugs were not a thing. Um, we were so healthy. Even though, you know, we were living off savings, we were living in a basement, like a mother-in-law suite in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to navigate how close she was with her family because I didn't understand it. Like, yeah. Oh, that was hard. Yeah, that was I'm, What do you mean? I'm, so I'm really close to my family. I have four younger siblings. My dad and my mom are divorced, but they live within walking distance of each other. As do all of the siblings. Like, two yeah. of the boys well, have their own space, but they're both within, like, three blocks my of the parents. Like that too. My parents are together, but my brother lived there. Like, we're, we're very yeah. close. So close. <laughs> Grandma very lives close. up the street. Every single Sunday or every single, actually, and every single Thursday yeah. dinner with the family. We do Thursdays. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, so two, Thursdays were at dad's house, Sunday nights were at mom's house, and she was like, I have to be with your family twice every week all the weeks and I said yes why is that a qu-? like what so we had to navigate Jamie's introversion with my massive loud family mm, yeah and that was hard because I didn't understand why she couldn't be around them and it hurt me and she didn't understand why I craved that mm-hmm. so it was definitely that that first year I remember like we had hard. a couple yeah. Couple rocky parts, and, then, and it was there was a moment where I'm like, if she doesn't get along with my family, then how is this ever gonna yeah. work? But also, even the first couple times, I I was aware and stayed back 
she would get offended. And I said, listen, it's not that your family isn't great people. It's just that there's eight great people right, in a so room. Right. I can't. Yeah. And I just did it on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and so her understanding, it wasn't that I don't like your family. It's that I don't like eight people at a time. Yeah. So we learned to navigate that probably within. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But at first we didn't. Yes. At first it was, it was not good. Slamming doors and upset and she'd leave without me or I would not speak the entire time we were at her dad's house. Like, yeah. Mm. How did you, this is a little bit of a shift, but. So alcohol and, and all that, like, how did you make that shift? Um, I think that switching my environment. So when we moved out of Florida, we moved away from where I was in grad school, where I was with my ex. We moved back to Massachusetts and my priorities shifted. So taking myself out of the environment was super helpful. Mm. My priorities shifted really, really hard on school because I was working an internship unpaid. I was doing my senior thesis capstone classes. Um, it was the middle of winter in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. So no one's <laughs> leaving the house, right? Nobody wants to go out. Yeah. Right. But so, and I was, I wasn't sober. I still drank, but because my issue wasn't addictive personality, genetic alcoholism, my issue was drinking to fix my situation right. because my environment and my situation changed inherently my my alcohol drinking kind of reduced hmm. cool jamie why are you sober is there is, oh is yeah there a reason? So i guess i, I guess know. we should talk so uh for your listeners i'm not sober like someone who used to have an alcohol yeah. addiction and then goes to rehab become sober i dislike the taste of alcohol so much mm-hmm. i don't touch it granted we were in mexico there was a pina colada, right? Pina it tastes colada. like sugar. So, okay. So <laughs> yeah. I just don't drink because it tastes bad. But I think given how much I've seen over the last 35 years of what happens to people and what happens to relationships mm. when one or both people aren't coherent and can't be aware because there is a, a veil or a cloud of alcohol or drugs involved, um, I'd rather be you know, the, the sober one at a party or at a club and see every, right. Yeah. Now you have the same, same. perspective, right? Well, I mean, you guys know I was sober for two and a half years before yeah. I moved here. It's yeah. definitely different. And especially relationship wise, like yeah. alcohol, I feel like can really fuck up a good Absolutely. thing. And, and what, again, what I've noticed is that, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I know the point where I go from like mm. tipsy to drunk and then drunk to blackout. I'm like, I don't think you do. Because if because why would you get there? Right, right. If you know it, why do you even get to that point? Because then what happens when you're blacked out? Oh my god! You don't. Know you did what not you know say, that was happening. Yeah, did, and yeah. Like, you're in a fight with people, and you're like, that's okay, it. Yeah. And it, you, there may or may not be an apology text the next day. To me, that's just not no. a way to live. Same. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So what? You you worked through some things in your first year, mm-hmm. like, and we got married. Then we got married. Did things change when you got married? I hear things. Somebody just asked that, right? They're like, "What was what was the question you were just asked anonymously?" Something about marriage, like, and I was like, "Because you can't just the hardest part of marriage." What's the hardest part of marriage was that there are so many logistics to divorce rather than breaking up with someone. You cannot right when things are aren't great, but you're in like a like a girlfriend ship, or even a fiance ship. You call it off. Right. right? You can you can use that ultimatum as frequently as, even though it's not nice, uh, as frequently as you want. I cannot repeatedly threaten her with divorce. That's a, 
It's actually oh a rule God. in our relationship. You don't use the D word. Uh-uh. Unless yeah. you can use it once. You get one you get time one and time one and time only. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So that's it. You can't just walk away. You realize that, like, you know, the ring is a commitment and not a commitment like a contract you can bail out of with a lawyer. But, like, mm. to us, it really <laughs> means something. I saw your story yesterday. I keep <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. But that comes back to integrity, right? Totally. So to us, marriage is, like, the ultimate commitment. So it's made us better people, better coaches, better friends, because we don't just bail. Hmm. When we got married to answer your initial question, it was almost like our relationship was heightened, like colors were brighter and feelings (laughs) were stronger and (laughs) things were more fun because now for the rest of our life, we get to have a sleepover with our best friend. Yeah. You get a wife. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it wasn't a better than you feeling, but it was a leveled up feeling. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. And we like, it, well, it's so funny because at the time we wanted all of our friends to feel this way. So we were hoping like all of our couple friends would get married. And now that we've been married for four years, we like know who should be married <laughs> and who should probably not get married. I have like a sixth sense. Yeah. About it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's legit too. There's a lot of divorces that happen, and totally. if it comes back to it, like the thought that I'm having is, y'all probably have a really great marriage because you are on this awareness path, on this personal growth path, mm-hmm. on hey, mm-hmm. let's not just slam a door and then never talk about it. But how many people are actually actively doing that kind yeah. of work? And it's constant. That's what I have to tell my clients as well. Is if we want to talk about awareness, it is constant work. It is don't snap react and just go with the flow it's wait a second you have to pause your body and your mind and take a second to understand and acknowledge the feeling you're having and then respond to it because that's the only way you're ever going to improve in life in all areas like we don't have to talk about marriage we can talk about professional friendships we can talk about anything you do in life anywhere you're moving through any situation needs to be looked at with that awareness because that's how you continue to improve and it's it's constant we don't yeah. stop now that we're married mm. we're you know we don't stop now that you got the dream job oh you're married now we never have to do any work right. ever again exactly yeah. so it's yeah. it's a constant it's constant work but you you feel good like you it know, doesn't feel like work right yeah we're also yeah. If, if you do react instead of respond one day being able to like okay it might be embarrassed you might be embarrassed you might want to push aside like being able to like own feelings that don't feel great Mm -hmm. and like speak about it and take ownership of where you can in order to for the good of the relationship Mm -hmm. and or whatever it is yeah coming back even both of us have done it coming back with your tail between your legs (laughs) and saying that was a reaction not a response you didn't deserve that uh I, I unleashed on you, but it, it was about me all along. Yeah. Right? And you don't realize until you do it a couple times, but the more you allow yourself to sit in that feeling of your tail between your legs, you learn not to do it again. Yeah. Right? right? If you sweep things under the rug, you're going to keep repeating your patterns. If you sit in the negative feelings and you're aware of what just happened, you learn from it and you grow from it and it doesn't happen again. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel yeah. that. Yeah, snaps for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, all right, so what, what would you like, if, 
what are the common okay you, you've been doing the anonymous question thing which by the way do you get some crazy ones we yeah. do we gotta stop answering ones about our sex life <laughs> we have right? stopped we, we don't yeah. answer some of the ones about sex yeah. life yeah I need to stop answering if I'm single or not because I'm like uh, yeah. Nah, yeah. no I'm dating me right now there you go <laughs> I like that yeah we're working on me um, but so like what are some things that you might you think that people that listening like might really want to know that you're willing to answer uh Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, what are some of your common uh, anonymous you, questions? You guys want to sleep with Ivy? No, we're good. She's a friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, can you think of some? I don't, I'm not. Uh... A lot of them we've already touched on because a lot of people want to know how to make a relationship work. A lot of sure. people want to know how. Mm. Um, Let's rewind. I got one from there. Yeah, go yeah. for it. All right. How to make a relationship work in lesbianism. I don't know. Mm. Is that a word? Yeah. I can say that. I think it is. Lesbianism. Just because there is so many different aspects within our community than, like, I think, within straight, like, what would you say? I mean, we can be cliche and say communication, but it's cliche because it's true. Mm -hmm. We, We look at a relationship as a triangle, and you need three parts of the triangle to make it work. You have your lover, your wife, and your best friend. So... Not just in lesbianism, but kind of all relationships, I guess. But with two women, you have to have the communication to make sure that you are getting all three areas fulfilled. So the best friend, going out and doing things that you like, having similar interests. But also sharing secrets. Mm -hmm. Like stuff that you would go to tell your best friend, it would be Katie. Right, so like you go to each other first. Come into that. Absolutely, of <laughs> yeah, yep, sure. You, you're gonna trust that you tell her something, and she's not gonna go around and tell everybody. Yes. We go if there's yes. if there's a problem in your relationship, and you don't go to your partner first, you go to your best friend to complain about your partner. You're not no, in the right relationship. No. Yep. Or 100%. you need to work on your communication and your trust with your partner. Yeah. And then the wife. So who's taking out the trash? Who's doing the dishes? Who, who takes out the, the laundry? Uh, we both mostly, do. yeah. Mostly, but Jamie does the yeah. dishes and I do the laundry. Like yeah. those wifely things that you like, know, take each other on I a date. I was just going to say, treat yeah. them to a date without like splitting the bill every time. Like right. it's okay if you pay for three dinners in a row and she's got one. Like yeah. that's not, you don't fight over that. That's just what you do for someone you love. Right. And then the lover part, obviously. Do you have chemistry in the bedroom? Do yeah. you talk about what you need to be fulfilled sexually? Do you explore things in a safe space? Do you feel safe exploring things together? Or saying no, right? Like you've, mm-hmm. there are, I, I You're allowed to say no. Pretty much every day I ask her if she has sex. And then sometimes I get on a no. And I have to not judge her for that if she's not in the mood, <laughs> right? Like, okay, cool. I got this. Oh, so you just said judge and I literally was thinking like, judgment do you ever feel like I feel like that might be um do you ever feel judged by the other there have been times where if uh if we go like let's say three or four days without having sex she'll be like is everything okay did I do something wrong do you still find me attractive and I'll say the same thing to her if she doesn't she doesn't want to have sex for like three days in a row I'll be like I will start getting insecure. Is it because I'm off season for bodybuilding? Or is, you know, <laughs> yeah. but honestly, no, these are the thoughts. Um, but have I ever judged you? Not for serious things, for little things like maybe your shirt choice. <laughs> yes, oh. that's what I mean. My clothing. Because yeah. I'm not good. that can add up. So I one time, um, Tony Robbins' son, I forget his name right now, uh, Jared, Jared. Jared, yeah. Jared or whatever. Yeah. Um, he, I was listening to him once at an event and he was saying, 
for every one negative thing that you speak with your partner, there needs to be at least seven. And if yeah. that balance isn't, then it really can, it shows how, where the relationship's going to end up. So, yeah. you know, there's some, I've been in relationships where we really like, I'll get seven negative things in a row. Like, Oh, you're wearing that. Oh, you're such a dork. Like whatever. And then it's like, no positive reinforcement whatsoever yeah like that can be detrimental too for sure uh we have gone through that before where i'm we have where i say like i really feel like you're nitpicking and nagging and nagging you've got to back off a little bit and most of the time it's nothing she's done it's actually something i'm dealing with and that she's I'm projecting. micromanaging me yeah yeah communication that's it wow. i don't right. like when you're doing this or i feel like you have a personal vendetta against me today can you channel it elsewhere? Is it actually something I'm doing? Like, and she'll take a step back, and then she'll come back with her tail between her legs and say, mer, mer, mer. Yeah, and yeah. I like that, well, it's key that you're able to be aware of that, mm -hmm. communicate it with her, yep. instead of being like, fuck this shit. Like, right, which is what used to happen. Up, yeah. it, it used to be a fight, because she would get defensive and fight back, but now it's like, wait a second, Katie's dealing with something, I have to, let her deal with it, but also remind her that what she's doing isn't making me feel good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, where should we shift this? Um, oh, I don't know. I feel like that was so so much. It was a lot. Was heavy, that yeah. was good, though. Yeah. Yeah. I um I appreciate both of you just because I had found for a really long time that it was hard to have conversations like this within our community. Um, maybe because the places that I would go would always alcohol would be involved and nobody mm -hmm. wants to have conversations like that when yeah. you're drinking and they're out. But I think they're so necessary and important like just to, because just because you're drinking doesn't mean these thoughts aren't happening in your head. For and sure. so what do we do, you know? And so just having the conversation that people can maybe listen on their time. And on the other hand of that, I need to reel it in when I'm out having fun. I really don't need to talk about these serious things. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another option. Yeah. The time and place for heavy stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, but you're right. I think that not enough people, and I think the reason that not enough people are okay having these types of conversations is because they don't realize that they're not, their awareness and their oh, level yeah, of consciousness is not up. Yeah. It's not on par with people who really can, which, which isn't a bad thing. It's just an area of opportunity for growth. Yeah. But growth is hard. Growth is challenging. Growth is scary. Growth is unknown. And as humans, we don't want unknown, but you have to push yourself to get there. So your brain's trying to keep you in the known because it's safe, even if the known isn't great. Right. Yeah. So if somebody's listening to this right now and they're thinking, man, I am not aware, like, how can I level up? How can I go to this next level? Like, what do you think the first step for them would be? My thought would be to start becoming aware of your emotions start acknowledging your emotions first mm -hmm. what would you because because that's the hardest part and that's where you're going to recognize where am i reacting versus responding what triggers me what do i find is really hard um focus in on how you're feeling in different places with different people i would say journaling i think too many people sit in they're, they're not comfortable sitting in discomfort so that again they sweep it under the rug and it ends up imploding or exploding later um so the first step to awareness is sitting in it journaling about it for sure yeah all right so I'll, I'll ask you one more question normally when i have somebody on i'll say oh, all right what would you tell your like childhood self but i have a different question for you guys so say two people just met they're feeling how you felt in your first four days minus the girlfriend and um <laughs> at the beginning of this journey that could potentially be 
an amazing, um, you know, ultimately your future wife or something. What would you say to them for some advice so that, you know, because there's two paths that it can take, right? Sure. Either it's like, oh, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, you, you, three months, a year later, you look back and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Or you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would you say to them? Uh, make sure, and I know this is so cliche, but like make sure you're complete first before you bring someone in. Uh, so that you're not just looking to fix them or for them to fix something in you or even as a distraction for whatever it is that's keeping you from being whole. So take perspective. Are you where you want to be? Or at least are you, are you on the right trajectory financially, personally, professionally? Like are those affairs in order for you? Right. Similar to that, be aware of living authentically and with integrity and not allowing yourself to become something that you think that person is looking for. Yes. Mm. Because ultimately, if you want a relationship to work, that person has to like you for who you are. Not has to like you, but like want you to be a version of you. Like a downhill skier. Like if you (laughs) live in Florida. Like, you know what I mean? Like you need to be who you are and that person has to fall in love with who you are not try to put you in a box or become something that you're not don't live for them live with them yeah i love that um any any last words you want to share before we sign off i think they're all out that's yeah we used up all the <laughs> I, think, I think it was a good one yeah. it was a good one and we yeah. super helpful for a lot of people and y'all if you want to uh follow along with both of the filers i'll put all of the information in the show notes and everything so they can find you and i'm sure they'll be back uh, they'll, well we'll be back yeah yeah and, and maybe in tropical island somewhere together yeah so. <laughs> yes <laughs> well, we'd love that yeah yeah all right well thank you for joining us i appreciate you both thanks for having us All right, that was The Filers. And if you want to follow along with them, all of their information is going to be in the show notes so you can follow on their socials. Um, They have a really fun feed, both of them. So go and check that out. And we will be back here again soon with another guest.